0: Well, the words of the hymn, the organ and piano we're just playing are very precious, I Need Thee Every Hour. And is that not true for us as we come to the house of the Lord today and as we experience every day of our lives? We need the Savior near us, and we will start our service now by singing hymn number 49, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. And so the help that God has given us in the past, we depend on for Him to be with us And he has promised to do so, believer. So let us stand as we worship him today. Before we come to seek the Lord in prayer today, I want to take a few moments by way of tribute to the loss of Queen Elizabeth II, the Queen of Canada. Last Thursday saw the conclusion of a great chapter in history in our own nation, and certainly in that of the the British Empire, for the monarchy lost a very, very important figure. Queen Elizabeth died at the age of 96 years. She was the queen of the United Kingdom and other Commonwealth realms from the 6th of February 1952 until her death last Thursday. She was the queen regent of 32 sovereign states during her life, and she served as monarch of 15 at the time of her death. Her reign of 70 years, 214 days, the longest of any British monarch and the longest recorded of any female head of state in history. As the Queen of Canada, her face was printed on our currency, On our postal stamps, and many streets and villages and towns had been named in honor to Queen Elizabeth. Dr. Ian Paisley, the founder of our denomination and a British MP for many years, he had. Opportunity of meeting the Queen on different occasions, and he knew people who were very close to her, and they testified that she knew the Lord Jesus as her own personal Savior. The Lord of Eternity knows that detail. We pay tribute to her memory today. And I would ask you please to stand for a moment's silence and then we will have prayer together. Please stand. Our Father, and our God in heaven, as we have sung today, that You are the God who has been our help in ages past and our hope for years to come. And Father, we acknowledge today thanksgiving for Your mercies, kindnesses and blessings that are showered upon us in this land every single day. And Father, we acknowledge today that governments are put in place by Your sovereign appointment. We have learned this in our study of the Scripture. We have known it, Father, by our own experience, that one is set up and another is taken down. One enters on the scene of human history, and another is removed. And we're thankful, Lord, today for the countries and nations that have a stable government and have the rule of law and order. And we pray, Father, with thanksgiving for the gospel heritage that we have enjoyed in our own nation. And we pray, Lord, today that You would grant to us, as we so often pray and ask, that we will have God-fearing leaders, those who know Christ in high places. Lord, we are sickened by time-serving politicians. We are grieved by those who trample the Word of God underfoot. And Lord, it makes us all the more earnest to pray for help in our day, in our time, to restrain that which is evil and wicked and promote, Lord, that which is righteous and true and good. Surely, Lord, this is your mind and your purpose. Defeat the devil in what he is attempting to do. Confound every wicked and evil worker and overturn false and wicked governments. Dear Lord, hear our prayer today. We're thankful for the memory of Queen Elizabeth II and for whatever she has been able to accomplish in her life for the good of truth and righteousness and decency, we are thankful. And dear Lord, we pray that each one of us, as believers in Christ, that we would model ourselves with integrity as honorable citizens of our land and we would do what we can to promote honesty and truth. And dear Lord, hear our prayer today. Come and revive your church. Revive us as your people in this congregation, this place. For Lord, of ourselves, we are nothing. We are weak. And yet... In Christ, we can do all things. And therefore, enable us, Lord, I pray. Empower us by the Spirit of God. Help us, we ask, in the promotion of the gospel. Help us in our personal witnessing. Lord, allow us to lead men and women boys and girls, to Christ. Cause there to be an awakening in our city and province and nation. Cause there to be, Lord, a stirring in the hearts of every faithful follower of Jesus. And may we today give thanks again for Your kindness and mercy in our land. And, O oh God, we pray for our leaders in this nation that you would help them that you would direct them and that you would keep them from foolish and evil decisions so lord we today give thanks for the return of the lord's day for the blessing of christian fellowship We pray for those in our church who are not able to be here because of their age or physical condition. Bless them, Lord, we pray, abundantly where they are. Remember those who are not directly connected with us, but we know and love in the Lord. Pray for Brother Bodner today. Encourage him, strengthen him, touch his body. Remember, Lord, those that have recently lost loved ones and are still grieving that pain And that loss, comfort them and bless them today. So, Lord, carry us forward. Help us to enjoy every moment of the day. We would pray as Joshua did, Lord. Let the sun stand still upon this day. May we enjoy every moment of it. Hear us now. Bless us, for we ask in the Savior's name. Amen. Please be seated. Let's sing again to the Lord's praise. Number 207, and we'll remain seated while we sing uh, this hymn. 207 Eternal Spirit, praise we bring. These words written by Isaac Watts, well, they would make good devotion for every one of us as we come to seek the Lord and pray over them and sing them to Him, as they are very precious and very encouraging for us. Please turn in your Bibles now to John's Gospel, chapter 15. At John 15... We are going to read from verse 18 down to 27. Our Lord Jesus said, If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not Him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now, They have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my Father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my Father. But this cometh to pass, that the world, or the word, might be fulfilled, that is written in their law, They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify Of me. May the Lord bless His Word to our hearts as we have read today. We will be continuing our reading in chapter 16 before we come to the Word this morning. I want to say a warm word of welcome to all of you in our service today. We're very happy that you're here, either for the first time or you've come back to be with us again. Maybe you're visiting today for the first time. Well, the Lord be with you and encourage your heart. And you are very welcome. And it's great to see or to know uh, many people are also joining us online today. And we want you to know you're very, very welcome in the Savior's name. As you know, that this past week was the start of our Christian school on Tuesday. And we've been asking much for your prayers And thank you for your praying for us. Do not stop. Let this just be the beginning of many, many more intercessions that you make on behalf of our our school, our teachers, our administration, our students, and that God would bless us. And then just this morning, we had our opening Sunday school session for the first time since the summer. And it was a blessing to see folks gathered in. And let me encourage you... If you were not there at the Bible class, at the Sunday school today, we start at 9.55, now every Lord's Day morning. And this is another opportunity for you to get hold of the Word of the Lord in your own hearts. And if you have boys and girls, children in your home, the youngest age, you bring them along and make your way downstairs. Come early, come at 945 so you be sure you get here in time and you know exactly where you're supposed to be and you're settled in the house of god our uh, sunday school will start at 9 55 sharp and we have the junior departments and the primary departments they meet downstairs and the room will be directed to you and our adult bible class they also meet downstairs in the hinbest auditorium our young adults, our young people, they meet up in the room upstairs just behind this wall. If you go up those stairs, young people, you'll find that room up there. But Let's make a real effort, everyone, to be here. If you're coming to the morning service, well, then come an hour earlier and be sure you take part in the Bible classes and just enjoy and really take hold of all the opportunities God has for you to learn His Word want to also encourage you regarding the services we have today, this afternoon, our Bible study and prayer at oh, home, Bible study, that's prayer meaning Wednesday night, our pre-service prayer time at 5.50, and then our evening service at 6.30. Now we're going to be continuing our study in the book of Daniel, and we're commencing in chapter 6 tonight, and we're considering the beginning parts of Daniel and how he was exalted in the Medo-Persian empire and the events that transpired from that please come along again tonight at 6:30 Then our Bible study and prayer time will be on Wednesday night at 7:30 and do come along please for that Thursday night will be our first session and board meeting at 6 and 7:30 respectively and so, men, please take a note of that. I have an advance announcement for you regarding next Monday. That's the 19th of September. We need to have our second of our grounds cleanup. And this time it's going to be an internal church cleanup as well. The so ladies will ask you to come along. If you can come at six o'clock, that would be good. Or a bit earlier, that would be all right too. But if we make six a starting point, And men, that's also a good starting point for you as early as you can because the daylight hours are going from us quickly and we have uh, quite a bit of groundwork that needs to be done and we want to try to accomplish that on next Monday at, well, that's the 19th of September. Mentioned Last Lord's Day and want to remind you again of the visit of Reverend Ryan McKee and his wife Hannah. They will be coming the last full weekend, that's September the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. It's going to be a very full weekend, and I'm excited about it. Friday night, we'll be having services here in the church. We want to encourage as many as possible to come, and don't miss out on that. There will be a fellowship time after, a light refreshments. And then on Saturday of the 23rd of September, we have uh, an evening international dinner plan. Now, last Sunday, I mentioned it was going to be catered. But I stepped out a bit too far, and it's not. It's going to be our International Supper, and that's an opportunity for everyone to bring along those uh, very important dishes that we all enjoy. And it'll be a great time of fellowship. That will be at 5 p.m. on that Saturday. And then after that, we'll have meetings. Brother McKee is going to have a special time with the men, and then his wife will be doing a devotional with the ladies. And so that's going to be a, a very nice time and then on the evening, pardon me, the morning and evening of the Lord's Day, our regular services, then Brother McKee will be speaking both times. Monday night is a youth rally, a youth meeting, and our brother will be speaking at that at 7 p.m. And then on Tuesday, well, we hope to have a, a meeting with the elders and our brother. And so it's an action-packed time. We're looking forward to it. But let me ask you to pray much for those meetings, that the Lord would be near us and would help us at that time. Well, we have another chorus, or a chorus to sing. It's a hymn number 195, but I know some of the boys and girls know it, and it's going to be a good one to stand and sing with all our hearts. It's speaking about the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit with us. He abides. So let's stand and sing number 195. You may be seated, and that was good singing to the Lord's praise today. We're going to read now from John's Gospel, chapter 16. Verse number 1, these things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Nay, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whither goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It is to your advantage for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more, of judgment because the Prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear. That shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. We'll end our reading there. Please join me in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we ask now that in this time of our meeting we might be very aware of the help of the Holy Spirit to understand and to have the Word applied to our lives. Help me to speak faithfully and clearly the Word of God. Help me, Lord, with that anointing of heaven hear our prayer. Bless us now, for we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I want today to leave verse 13 of John 16 with you. The Lord said, Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear. That shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Before the Lord introduced the ministry of the Holy Spirit to his people, he had to tell them that some things would occur after he left that would not be very pleasant or welcome to his disciples or his church. You know, when you and I are punished for something that we are guilty of, well, that's bad enough. But when we must suffer for some false charge, that's very, very hurtful. But Jesus warned His apostles that persecution and hatred and violence would be part of of their Christian life. And we know today that that is true for us as well. It is part of our Christian experience. But it is without just cause. For the Lord Jesus said if the world hated him, well, it would certainly hate us. The Savior spoke about the disciples being put out of the synagogues. They were excommunicated from the religious establishment because they were called by the name of Jesus, because they testified of Him. And more than that, He said they would be put to death by those who believed that they were actually doing God's service They were acting in the will of God to put believers to death. That is happening in the world today. And we have warned before that there may come a time when that will be the case in our own land. Suffering, injustice for the cause of Christ, being persecuted, thrown into prison, having our liberties removed. Friend, all of these things, let us prepare ourselves. This was the word of Christ to His apostles in the early church, and this is the word that Christ brings and gives to us today. The unjustified hatred of our Lord and of His people, it actually fulfilled another prophecy about the Messiah, For David in Psalm 69 and verse 4 wrote, They that hated me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. And that what David had experienced himself, no doubt, but he was also looking in the trajectory of the coming of Messiah, and this was true of his Lord. And they hated our Savior without any just cause. But on the heels of that rather depressing thought that they would be persecuted and killed, the Savior did not leave them there. No, He brought words of comfort and He told them that when I go, I am sending the Comforter to you. He is going to come from the Father. He is the Spirit of Truth. And today, brothers and sisters, as we think of the words of Christ from John 16, verse 13, speaking about identifying the Holy Spirit, that we will know today, right now, in your life, where you are, the speaking voice, the words of comfort to your own heart, words of instruction, words of understanding of the power of of God to conduct our lives and to live for the glory of King Jesus. The first thought I leave with you is simply the identity of the Comforter. Who or what is the Holy Spirit? If this question is not answered correctly, it will lead you... As many have gone down the road of following one cult after another, who have rejected the biblical view of the identity of the Holy Spirit. He is a person and he is not a force. He is a person and not a force. The doctrine of the Trinity, well, it has been a battleground, a battleground of controversy throughout history. Many who have claimed to believe in the God of heaven, they have denied Christ, God the Son, and they have denied the Holy Spirit as a person in the Trinity who is equal to the Father and to the Son but the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit is equal to the Father and the Son of the same essence with a unique personality and all containing, having, expressing the incommunicable attributes of deity. All of these things the Holy Spirit possesses. And I say to you that every Protestant confession of faith from the time of the Reformation that we have called so much benefit from, including our own Westminster confession of faith, it speaks clearly of the Holy Spirit as a person and referring to Him as the third person of the Trinity and not some impersonal force without personality. The Spirit of God was active in the creation of the world. In Genesis 1 and verse 2, we are told the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and that moving of the Spirit of God with His own unique personality was very instrumental in the work of creation but He is also very active in our salvation. We're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and verse 3, for no man can call Jesus Lord. And that is a phrase that is so specific of calling Jesus Lord in salvation. Now, I know a lot of people would just say, oh yeah, Jesus is Lord, but that's not what this is talking about. This is not talking about someone who just casually ca- casts that word out. This is referring to those who have received Jesus as their Savior. They acknowledge Him as the King of their life. They acknowledge Him as the Lord of heaven and earth. And no man, no woman, no person can call Christ Lord but by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here again very clearly given to us as instrumentality in our salvation. What did the Lord say to Nicodemus in John 3? He spoke about the Spirit of God moving wherever He determined to move and upon whomever He determined to move in order that people would be born again of the Spirit of God. The Comforter bears the attributes of God, His eternality, His omnipresence, He is everywhere at all time, His immutability, a word that simply means He does not change. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. And something else, the Bible clearly shows us that the Spirit of God is to be worshipped All of these things, they point us over and over again to His personality. Oh, but it doesn't end there. In Matthew 28 and 19, it is the great commission that Jesus gave to His disciples. It was the commission to preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is clear evidence that the distinction within the Godhead is marked by the personality of each member. If God is a person and we recognize Him as our Father and Christ is our Redeemer, the Son of God, then we testify and confess today that the Holy Spirit is indeed a third person in the Trinity. In 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14, we have one of the most famous doxologies in the Bible. And the wording is not to be missed. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion Of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's how Paul finished his letter to the Corinthians, the second part. And all the persons of the Trinity are there contained in that great doxology. The teaching is that God is one, and He has manifested Himself in three distinct persons, but they are equal in power and glory and of the same essence. Oh, that's so important. God is not divided. When we try to understand the complexity of the Trinity and understanding the person of God, the Father and the Son and the Spirit, it is, we're not talking about three different gods. For the Lord is one God, He is of one essence. And all that the Father possesses is equally possessed of all these attributes in the Son and by the Spirit. And this great Trinitarian doctrine is at the very core of our Christian faith. And therefore, my dear friends, if someone denies that Jesus is God the Son, or they deny the personality of the Holy Spirit, saying He's just a force. They are not believers. They are not Christians. They are not followers of the God of the Bible. Sadly, many cults and false teachers have been derailed on this doctrine. And they believe that the Spirit of God is just some Influence that flows from God. Yet to consider, my dear friends, the words that Jesus uses in John 16, from verse 8 all the way down to verse 15, I want you to notice the number of times that the Holy Spirit is referred to by the pronoun He. Twelve times in these few verses... Jesus refers to the Comforter as He. Not an it, not an impersonal thing, but as He, the Spirit of God. When we think of the identity of the Comforter, who is He? He is a person and not a force, but He is also called here the Spirit of Truth. And this designation, it's worthy of our very deep consideration. For we know that God is holy. We know that He is pure and just. We also know there is no unrighteousness in God. And we are told in Hebrews 6, it's impossible for God to lie. So as God the Father is of absolute holiness. He is the God of truth. But then we think of the words of Christ in John 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And so Christ, the Son of God, was making that designation that He was indeed the truth revealed from the Father to the world But in John chapter 14 and verse 17 in 15 and 26 and in 16:13 the comforter is called the spirit of truth this is a special title given to the one who is the guardian of eternal truth and who exposes every lie. We know that Satan is the father of lies, and the Holy Spirit is the conveyor of everlasting and eternal truth. He is the Spirit of truth. Friend, let that settle into your mind today, and especially when you are conflicted sometimes in your own Christian life. You wonder, should you do something or should you not? And you hear influences or a voice coming into your spirit and, and heart and leading you down some pathway. Be know, be sure to this, the Holy Spirit will never lead you into error. He will never lead you into compromise. He will never lead you into some confusion. He is the Spirit of Truth. And He guides His people into all truth. But I want you to notice, my dear friends, in the second thought today, the Holy Spirit's purpose. In John 14, 26, Jesus said that the Comforter, He shall teach you, all things and bring to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you so he's helping his disciples preparing them for the time he's going to depart he won't be with them and he's telling them the comforter is going to come and assist you and lead you and guide you into all truth and bring back to your remembrance the things that I have spoken unto you. Now, when he said all things, it must be related to the spiritual truth. We know that we do not have all knowledge. And no Christian has all knowledge. We have to study and prepare ourselves in the world that has a vast amount of knowledge in different disciplines. And in no way does a Christian say, well, I can be a know-it-all. Don't go down that road. We do not know all things. But the Lord just said that the Spirit will teach you all things. So, what, is this some kind of a contradiction? Is the Lord telling us something not true? Of course not. The word all things there it must be applied to the spiritual understanding that is necessary for every Christian to know God and to know the will of God in your life. That is what is contained in the all things necessary for your spiritual advancement. Because we do not know all things in this world. And the all things that the Spirit will help us, teaching us, it will be so that our lives will bring honor and glory to our Lord Jesus. Believer, is that not what you want to do? It's what I want to do in our life. I want us to be able to reflect and to enjoy all that God has for us and to say that the Savior will shine through our our lives. As we desire to know the mind of God in His Word, it's very essential for us to pray for the light of the Spirit upon our hearts. And as you read the Scriptures each day, and as you do your own devotions, dear friends, don't let a time go past that you do not make a specific prayer to the Lord that He will open your mind, that He will open your heart. Because as you pray that prayer, you are praying in the will of God. If He is the Spirit of truth and Christ said He will lead you into all truth, well, then those are prayers that we need to pray. And He will answer that for you, brother and sister. Does that mean you're going to know all there is to know about the Bible? Well, no, because there have been many, many mighty theologians that have studied their lifetime and they will admit I'm only scratching the surface of the Word of God. It is so deep. It is the living Word of truth. But we will also be able to benefit from the teaching of the Spirit through those men of truth and men of conviction that have given to us much, a great heritage to the church in commentaries and sermons. But as we think of the ministry of the Spirit as Jesus spoke immediately to His apostles, what did that mean? Well, it had its immediate fulfillment in the inspiration that they would be given to write the Bible. The Old Testament prophets, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what God wanted them to write. The Apostle Peter said that holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is saying to His Apostles, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is going to be poured out upon you, and He is going to give you light, instruction, perfect inspiration to write down all that He wants you to communicate and to be communicated to the world. And He would bring to their remembrance everything that they were to write down. This was supernatural. This was miraculous. This was not something. I mean, the Apostle Peter didn't go back and start searching through the historical records. Or Matthew or Mark, considering what the Romans would have had to say about Jesus. Oh, well, that's a good point. Let me write that down. No, that's not how it happened the Scriptures and the Apostles and those who were the followers of Jesus like the great physician Luke, they were inspired, directed by God's Spirit. And what does the Apostle Paul say? That all Scripture is given by inspiration. It means breathed out from God. That's the work of the Spirit in conveying all scriptural truth. He is breathing out from God that which they were to write down. All Scripture, given by inspiration of God. And therefore it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, completed, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's why we have the Bible today in our own language. Oh, but my friend, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, it is to give the light of truth, but it is to glorify Jesus Christ. I want you to come back to John 16, verse 13, our text, and notice what it says Howbeit he, the Spirit of truth, is come. When he is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, he will not speak of himself. This is a profound thought. For here we have a person of the Trinity, but he has a specific task that he will accomplish. And that task, amidst all of them, the supreme task is to reveal the person of Jesus Christ. For we're told in verse 14, the opening line, He shall glorify me. He will glorify the Son of God. And He will do that and not speaking about Himself. His ministry in revealing the Lord Jesus Christ to the world, it is doing the will of God the Father And we are also told the three areas that the Spirit of God will operate. He'll reprove the world of sin. He will speak of righteousness and of judgment. So how do those three things that the Holy Spirit will be doing and ministering and operating in, how does that relate to glorifying the Son of God or speaking of Jesus? Well, the Lord tells us that very clearly. He says in verse 9 of sin because they believe not on me. The world rejected Christ. And the Holy Spirit's purpose will be to reprove, to rebuke, to correct the world because of their sin in rejecting the Son of God. But He will also speak of righteousness in that Christ was returning to the Father. That's a rather puzzling verse. What does that mean? How could the Holy Spirit be speaking of righteousness because Jesus was returning to the Father? Well, the, the purpose of that statement is that Christ returning to the Father, it meant that the atoning work was completed and done. It means that He has risen from the dead and He has returned to the Father in fellowship. And the only way that would have been realized is if that atonement of righteousness was completed, fulfilled completely. And John 6, verse 33 tells us, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Because Christ is the righteousness of God the Father. He has fulfilled completely all the law of God. And when He rose from the dead, it was a divine stamp in the resurrection that all the atoning work of Jesus was done, and that the ministry of the Holy Spirit will be to speak of that righteousness. But He's also going to be dealing with judgment, Because Satan has been exposed for his opposition to every purpose of God. And he tried and has tried and continues to work to overturn all the benefits and the blessings of the cross work of the Lord Jesus. And so there is a great warfare and a battle that is going on today. The warfare of light against darkness, of truth against evil, of good against bad. And this warfare of principalities and powers that's going on behind the scene of visible eyesight in the spiritual realm, which is why the Apostle Paul warned the church of Christ and every believer that we are warring and battling against these unseen forces we'd better be sure we know we're being guided and directed by the Spirit of truth, by the Holy Spirit. He never works outside absolute harmony with God the Father and God the Son. He is working to the honor of both. The Spirit is working in the hearts of men and women today. And I pray, friend, He is at work in your heart now. And I say to you today, if you are not born again of the Spirit of God, if you do not know personally the Lord Jesus in this meeting, listening online, The Spirit of God is bringing the Word of truth right to your heart. And I pray it will come with great power and conviction to your heart. And that you will not be able to turn away or reject or refuse. But, my dear friend, today you will willingly submit yourself and that you will heed the convicting power of the Spirit of God and that you will call upon the Savior as your own. Ah, but a great purpose of the Spirit of God, it is to comfort every believer in Jesus. His name is the comforter. He is the heavenly paraclete. He is the one that will come alongside you, believer. He is the one that, as Jesus uses the word in John 14, that He will not leave you comfortless. He will not leave you an orphan. He will not leave you destitute. No, you are a child of the King. And the Holy Spirit's purpose in all of the revealing of Jesus to your life and heart It is to bring great comfort to you. How sweet and how precious is this truth today. The Comforter is the one who is with us always. And he comes to the believer to bring peace. When the waters are very, very troubled, he gives light to those darkened corners in a room of trial. And oh, my friend, He gives healing. Healing to the wounded spirits. And He's able to repair the broken down walls of our lives. He can restore, friend, the years that the locusts of sin have eaten. Oh, my friend, don't delay. Don't put off. Don't say there's no point in serving the Lord. There is every point, every reason. And the Spirit of God is the great comforter, the great rebuilder and helper. He is in the renovation business today. And it may be in your heart, maybe there's something going on that you need to get fixed and you've been trying to get at it for a while, but it just seems delay after delay, procrastination not been done. The Spirit is there to come and rebuild, friend, that particular area in your life that needs to be redone, refinished, rebuilt. He can put us back on track and to encourage us along the way, and He will be able to restore the lost time that has gone in. Yes, let's pray for that new beginning. For there are many a wounded believer People sometimes think they're all washed up. There's no hope. There's no more future. And yet that's just the time when the Comforter will come alongside you and He will show you, no, my child, there is yet hope. There is yet a rebuilding. There is yet a purpose that I have for you. You're not all washed up. And He will lead you back again by the way of restoration by the way of leaving the backslidden state and laying hold upon Him. What prayer would we say? Well, maybe as the hymn writer did, Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. Wean it from earth, through all its pulses move. Stoop to my weakness, mighty as Thou art, and make me love Thee as I ought to love. Friends, finally, and in conclusion today, think about the evidence of His presence in our lives. How does the, how does the Lord show, and how do we know that He is there with us? We know we can't see God physically. We might sense at times the uh, nearness of the Savior in our hearts. But what are the evidences of in our lives that we, we will keep going on? He's with us. I will tell you one of the greatest evidences is this. There is perseverance to keep going. We learn from the minor prophets that it's not by might, nor by our power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So if we're going to advance in our Christian walk and we're going to glorify the Son of God, it's not going to be by your inner might or strength, right? It's not by your own self-will. Now set that all aside and say, Lord, it's by your Spirit that I will be enabled. In time of trouble, sometimes our trouble is self-inflicted, other time it's well inflicted by others. Standing for the gospel, wanting to be faithful to his word in times of trouble, in times of persecution, times of hardship. The Lord, by his grace, gives us his spirit that we might persevere unto the end. Because times, at times, friends, we get very weary. And we feel our knees are going to give out. We have no more strength. And we're we're going to end in disaster. Maybe sometimes you feel you're in isolation. You're all alone. Is the Lord near you? Yes. Brother and sister, the Spirit is with you. And His purpose is to give you strength to persevere, to keep going unto the end. Don't give up hope. Don't give up the ship. Press on. Press forward. For Christ is in you, and our lives are to the glory of His name. Now, we know Satan will will not tire. He's, He's a good worker. He keeps going. He's relentless in his attempts to hinder our progress. And at times, we can be very low and feel we're beaten right down to the ground. But let us look up to Christ and look on to the Spirit's intervention for His strength that we might keep going on. And the Lord and the Spirit also has promised to give us victory in times of temptation. And the greatest victory of the Spirit in us will be to bear witness that we will resist the devil and he will flee from us. And that resistance, when the temptation comes upon us, what are we to do in our everyday life? We are to walk in the Spirit And we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We will not give in to the temptations of the devil. We will glorify him in all. But he has promised to give us power in prayer. Romans 8 is the chapter of the Spirit of God. And when we, in all of our weakness in prayer... You know, in the times we feel we haven't got the right words to say, and our hearts are just too broken, too heavy to say anything, and we just cry out, Lord, help me. And we're told that the Spirit of God will take the unutterable expressions of our heart and mind, those things which we have not words to articulate, and He will present those burdens because He is the great minister of prayer in our lives. It's by and through the Holy Spirit that we are enabled to have power in prayer. And by the way, I say again to you that power in prayer has nothing to do with volume. It's nothing to do with how fast you speak the words. No, friend. It's the communication of your heart before God in prayer being led by the Spirit. He gives us in His promised power in prayer. I encourage you to be a part of the prayer ministry for this congregation. Don't leave it for someone else to do. Don't say that's the pastor or elders, they can do it, or some other prominent people in the church. No, friend. You have a responsibility to be a prayer warrior for the Lord, for this congregation and ministry. Take up that challenge. Be at the prayer meetings and the pre-service times on Sundays and on Wednesday evenings. Take that burden upon you and press forward at the throne of grace for your brothers and your sisters and this ministry. Ah, but does not the Spirit give us victory in death We avoid the thought of death. We avoid the way in which we will die. God has placed within every human being an aversion to death in order for our survival. But there's coming a time when all of us will go over that river and the Spirit of God will give us strength to convey us through the valley of the shadow of death, and we need fear no evil, for God is with us. So, dear friends, today we have so much to think about, to praise God for, to worship Him about. He has given to us the Comforter, the Spirit of God. May we worship Him, and adore Him. And may we acknowledge His power and the need of that power in our own day-to-day lives. We're going to conclude our service by singing hymn number 202. And it's a prayer for us to pray. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. That I may love what thou dost love and do what thou wouldst do, will stand pleased to sing. Father, we give ourselves by dedication again into your hand, and we pray the Spirit of God will have complete sway, control, power, direction in our lives. Lord, we want to be used for your purpose and kingdom. We want to go on higher and higher up the mountain of communion and fellowship with Thee. Help us, Lord, we pray. Strengthen us with might in the inner man. Help us to die daily unto ourselves that we may live unto righteousness. Hear our prayer today. Part us in Your fear with Your rich blessing. Bring us back to the house of God tonight. In Jesus' name we ask, amen.